Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello and welcome, welcome to, yeah, hello and welcome to the uh, Rebel FM Game Club. First episode for Half-Life 2. Covering up from the game start through Ravenholm. I can't believe no one took advantage to do like a G-Man introduction. Um... Because that would have been cheesy and lame. I, I'm uh, I'm Anthony Gallegos of <laughs> oh. GameSpy and uh, Rebel FM, along with Arthur Geese and Tyler Barber of Rebel FM. And then uh, also with us are Area 5's Matt Chandrenay, as always. Hello. And joining us finally for the first time since Call of Cthulhu is uh, Ryan O'Donnell from Area 5. Hey. hey. He was lost in the abyss. What's happening? Ryan O'Donnell was lost from a lot of work, so... It was uh, Arthur's clever idea to do Half-Life 2 to bring him back. <laughs> it worked! So. <laughs> then we fed him, so that's how we keep him coming back. It worked again! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're here to talk about Half-Life 2 in all its glory. First episode will cover Half-Life 2 up to the Ravenholm. Second episode will cover the up remainder of Ravenholm. Half-Life 2. Yeah. I, I had a question about that, actually. We had more than one listener post in the comments that... Uh, the second part might the be The second long. part is awfully crowded, what with... Uh, the mines, the coast, Nova Prospect, mm-hmm. the city rebellion, mm-hmm. and the tower. Well, you guys can't talk about all that in like five minutes. I'm playing <laughs> through all of that in a week. In addition, to anything else that comes cool, out is cooler, coolest. <laughs> I, when I when I when when we tried to decide how we should split this up, I I, I consulted a strategy guide, and uh, I don't know. Well, this is this is a little less than halfway through. The coast, but the coast is such a great part. I wanted to mm. like, yeah, save it. I feel like once we finish Ravenholm, all of the the you know if there if Half Life Two has bad parts, we are through them all at the yes. at, by the yeah. end of this episode. And then after the rest of it, it's like smooth sailing all the rest of the way out through the end of episode. And two. Yeah, and like through through play through Ravenholm, I guess wasn't as clear as it could have been either because for me, Ravenholm ends when I finally get out of the mines. But oh, I guess well, for me, see, I, I for stopped. me, I stopped right when I got in. Yeah, yeah and, I stopped and, as soon as I saw the head, the head crabs. It's, right, yeah, and once I was outside the mines, I was like, you know what? That really wasn't part of Ravenhole. Yeah, you. Pre- I pretty much. I I wanted people to play through the end of Father Gregory, basically, and that mine part when, is one room after it. After so, he yeah. says he'll attend to his flock. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. and it goes in the dramatic music and all the guys coming yeah. in at him. That's such a cool part. But yeah, uh, I, I kind of got fucked in that misunderstanding too because I was trying to play through without using any of my weapons so I could get the. Achievement, you Fuck know. And so, wow. And I, I didn't realize the part where you're actually where the trains are, and in the you know they're the snipers. The, the first snipers, time you see the snipers yeah. shooting at you, and there's like a few of the com- combine soldiers that carry the shotguns. I was like, well, okay, well, surely they they don't mean here, but nope, that wasn't the end of Ravenholm, so I did not get the achievement. Oh, you need to do it the entire chapter until it tells you until yeah until the next one comes up, which is oh, and, and there, there's you, actually Valve. a big encounter right there with. Some combine soldiers who are armed, and that's when you get No, okay, playing through Ravenholm without using anything but a crowbar and a grav gun is a fucking achievement. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's what you (laughs) want, right? Playing through that entire sniper section is bullshit. Hey, you don't, it's an achievement. You don't have to do it. It was fun. When we get to it, I'll talk to it. Man, I thought the gnome achievement was hardcore. (laughs) <laughs> you did that? No, fuck that. I got oh, fucked okay. on that you know one too my first you know who time. Did? I tried. Ryan Will fucking, did. Will fucking Tuttle did that shit. Of course shit. Ryan did that. Did I didn't do it. I thought you did it. I started to do it, and then uh, I was like, this is stupid. Really dumb. Because <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I knew how far it was. I thought, oh, I'll just do it. Why not? And then, you mean to tell me I have to get out of the fucking car and fire this thing down 100 feet and then follow it? Yep. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. It's not cool. Uh, you can You can try to lodge it in the car. But it doesn't work very well. Anyway, 
Um, yeah. Half-Life 2. What a game. Yeah, let's not talk about achievements. Why not? Because <laughs> those, those are new to Half-Life 2. I know there are even achievements in the PC version. Yeah, yeah, but there weren't when the game came out. No, it wasn't True. designed for it. It wasn't... There, they've added them back in, and it admittedly... it. it Okay, so Half-Life 2 is a game where I I have played it many times now. I've played it on every conceivable place that it was released, including the, the Xbox, Xbox One, which actually was a extremely yeah. Good people don't people don't like like to talk about talk that talk of that particular version highly because it does have some frame rate issues. But realistically, let's say you only had an Xbox at the time, you could have played through Half-Life 2 and it has better, totally gotten the you know, yeah. It has better lighting than Half-Life 2 on PC does. Yeah, that was yeah. another situation where. Yeah. It just looks a little low res is basically what yeah. it comes down to when you're playing it. Yeah. Anyway. And if you try to play it on an Xbox 360, shit gets wacky. <laughs> I, I thought I had uh, known everything there was to know about the environments in this game, that I'd seen it all. And as I was, I started, I beat it on Xbox 360 once. I'm playing there again because the uh, the character models are pulled from the latest versions of Alex and the Vortigaunt and these and, sort of things be, from F- episode 2. And the lighting and particle mo- sh- models are also uh, from uh, episode 1 and 2. Right, so the, the Xbox 360 version of Half-Life 2 actually lo- looks better than the PC version right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, well, except, except for the fact that it runs like... You won't notice it when you're playing it, but it runs at a way, like at least in my case, way lower frame. Rate. It runs at like 30 frames a second, but it's v, it's frame locked and there's V-Sync turned on. So there's That's no what I'm saying. It's not, it's not I, bad I also, by any means. It's just walking from my PC straight over to watching you play. I can see There's a definite difference. Well, yeah, it does. Whatever. What's nice is that if you go into the options menu on 360, uh, our TV is 1080p. It'll tell you I'm running in 1920 by 1080 or 1900 by 1080 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a TV that's got one of those 120 hertz frame doublers. Um, and I didn't even think to turn it off, and so it, the frame rate looks super high and super <laughs> smooth. Uh, it's been a really nice experience to play it that way, except yeah. for the fact that, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole PC versus console thing, but God, the game controls better with a keyboard and mouse, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. It's just not as tight on Xbox. And back in the, I know that Nick and you and I had an argument way back in the early Rebel FM days about whether or not Half-Life 2 was a was a shooter, and I argued strongly for... Um, Valve's PC or uh, 360 controls being really strong. For some reason, this time I'm just there. There, it feels like there's a little lag or something. I don't know. Maybe that's my dumb frame doubler. Doubler. Did you just have like oh oh dear? No, it wasn't like an oh dear moment. No, I mean, I, and, and on the last few days on Twitter, uh, I've been talking with Jay and you about uh, you know the AI in Half Life Two, and I, I purposely playing. The less it. said about that, the better. I exactly think. right. <laughs> No, it's it's legitimate. Like those complaints are all valid. The AI is not the best but, in Half Life Two. But it's then like, we get into Perfect Dark Zero being a better shooter. Yeah, and then Che. I, I mean, I'm not with that. I, I would. Ne- I, I can't even believe he would. Play I like next Forza. Week but uh, but the thing is, is that uh, what were you saying the other day about how Half Life Two is obviously like a PC shooter because you were saying what does it not do? Like you brought this up yesterday when you were doing that part with the helicopter and you had the two guns and you were saying like it needed like. There isn't enough aim assistance, or something that you said makes it obviously like not a console shooter. Um, I forget what it was. But like, you, you said I it think, was like a perfect example. I think it's of, a like, throwback to to sort of like the last great hurrah of PC shooters, which is that uh, it doesn't baby you. I don't know that it really tells you where you need to go all the time. Um, I'm I'm really trying to remember what. Yeah, situation. it wasn't that. Like was, I remember it was something you, to do with the type of aiming it had or something. Oh, I I don't know. I just well, I the remember. aim assist thing would make a lot of sense because the the console version 
as far as there, there, there is aim assist though. The, I mean, I wouldn't there, be able to survive the, without it. Well, and well, there definitely is on the boat sections too, the airboat sections, because like you can fire down the rockets that those oh, things are shooting at you, and like locks onto them. There's yeah. not so much aim assist in the main game as like your reticle is huge, and if you fire within that, then chances are you'll hit something. That's kind of what I mean. It's um, like you're you're you you have the same reticle that you have in the PC version. Uh, I think right. Don't don't they give you the kind of modern? Half, yeah, there's no crosshair or anything though. Um, right. I think anyway, in the PC version there is. There's some aim assist. There's something about the control. I mean, it's basically it just doesn't feel like Call of Duty Four or anything like that when you're playing on the console. The, mm-hmm. the controls are not the best um, first-person shooter controls I felt on the system. That said, they're totally passable, and like I said, you can play all the way through Half-Life Two on Xbox One mm-hmm. and and really enjoy the experience. I think the same is true of the 360 version, and you you know you get the really nice visuals and the nice models and yeah. the nice the I mean, nice the, textures the stuff, so. the first time i played through it i did play through it on 360 that was that i had not played the pc one that i was played through it start we, to finish we built your computer right and so now playing through it on the pc like of course there are the little things like you know when you're on the airboat section you do have exact control over the gun with the mouse and stuff but i like it's a different experience in slightly in some ways but i don't i didn't feel like when i was playing the console one like in hindsight, like man, that fucking sucked. It was like perfectly yeah. fine. I thought the it was platforming great. is easier on the on the console version. I feel than it is on the PC version. Like I just with the analog sticks. It's the thing. The thing that I thought was going to be nice with the analog stick, and we haven't made it to the buggy section yet. But obviously, we played all the way through. And man, I hope everyone who's listening has played a lot of Half Life because we're we're like it's not like we're making our way slowly through the single player here. But uh, in Water Hazard, the airboat um, controls, you know, with a You'd think that on a console controller with analog sticks, that controlling that thing would be totally sweet. And you and, would be wrong. And you'd be wrong, because <laughs> parts of it are... There There are things about it that are nice, but the problem is that they don't have accelerate and brake mapped to triggers or something like that. Mm. It's all mapped to one analog stick, the same one that you used to turn. And it and the, really, it's the way that it handles reverse. Yeah, so if, if you, you're, never if you're reversing sure. and you're pressing to the left, you're... It just feels like it's moving the opposite way that it mm. should be moving, and so kind of moving between forward and reverse, and for, and left and right all in the same stick is is troublesome. Yeah, but I actually do like the way that it um, it auto aims the the turret once you get it. I think it's really easy and really fun to shoot guys with this almost like god weapon, and it feels like a big payoff that it didn't necessarily feel like in the PC version. And there's still, I mean. Mm. There's still challenges in that moment, especially when you're fighting against the uh, the APCs that are firing rockets. Right, 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 definitely. So let's back it up for a moment and just go with when we first arrive at City 17, you know, okay, very I beginning s- of the game. I still, like, this is probably the fifth time that I've played Half-Life 2 on the PC, because every time I upgrade my PC, I play Half-Life 2 again. Right. And uh, this, and playing it again now, like, this is, it's still one of the strongest openings I've ever experienced in a game. And like because it it sets up the entire world, I feel it. I'm there. Like I know what's happening within the first you know ten minutes of the game. Even if I'd never played a Half Life before, I would still get a sense of what's going without on without an hour long cutscene to introduce you yeah. to it. Yeah, all. yeah. It's like it's the definition of story through gameplay design, and it's something that I think uh, it's it's a primer for game designers out there who are looking to do that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Uh- the first time I played through Half-Life 2, I, I played it by going to my friend's house who had like a competent PC that I could play it on. And 
yeah, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you too. Like, I, I, om- I almost feel that this introduction, this in Half Life Two, is like one of my favorite moment moments in, in gaming ever. And <laughs> the weird thing is, it's like there's no actions. Like, there's not any yeah. kind of like suspense. It's not scary. It's not. But it's uh, in your face. It's just this. Uh, it's just this ominous presence yeah. that that you feel like there's this world that is uh, going on here, and it, something has it, come it, before. And, it, it, and it, as a fan of Half Life, if you're, you know, I mean, I. I would like to know how many people played Half Life Two without playing Half Life One. I mean, I know you yeah, didn't me. finish it. It's me, um, the you know, seeing immediately like the Vortigaunt that's like sweeping with the broom, you know, um, <laughs> while the the Combine Guard is watching over him. You know, those, they were they were like one of the most annoying enemies, enemies. in in the game <laughs> in the first Half Life. They would you know see you and shoot lightning at you immediately. You're like, so what the, the hell? They oppress like, these guys? Yeah, they're like domesticated or something. You just don't know when you first start, and it's like a it's a really sort of different experience than than Half Life. While you know, still still having the train ride that was familiar from the beginning of the yeah, original Half Life. I was going to bring that up, or I mean, Anthony. Actually, I think you had something to say. Good. I'll lead off whatever you say. Um, I think what's interesting is basically they did it. They did the amazing like genre bending opening sequence twice. Yeah, but like a lot of things in Half Life Two, it shows how much they learned after doing the first one. Because in hindsight, the the intro to Half Life One, where you're on the excruciatingly long tram ride and the excruciatingly <laughs> long build up to put on the Hev suit and then go and put the material into the the portal and fuck everything up, takes forever. Yeah, and that is definitely not so much the case in this. You things pick up pretty quickly, and the tram ride is just long enough to to sort of give you an idea of where you are, and then you're moving through these environments by yourself as opposed to watching. That's things that's happen. true, yeah. but the the thing, I mean, while you're confined to one space in the original Half Life uh, tram ride, which takes a long time, the time before I would say real action starts in Half Life Two is is a long period. Again, I mean, there's a lot. A lot of people have always complained to me. That um, and and maybe even during the Half Life Two isn't the shooter arguments that you know it takes forever to get going. You don't actually have a gun until very late in See, the game. I'm not even worried about that. I I feel like it has you doing things, like it has you moving around, experiencing things actively. That's true, but like you just I mean time. you don't you don't have to. And there's a, the the interactor interactivity with the environment is limited to. You know, being able to pick up simple objects, opening things that don't matter, like lockers that have nothing in them, or, you know, talking to a person once with an action button, but not really being able to respond because you're Gordon Freeman and all you can do is, like, say one thing, or not even say anything, listen to what people have to say and move on. And there's a lot of just being kind of herded forward like a cattle in, you know, down this path. And it's a wonderful, wonderful path. I mean, I think that's what what it really comes down, down to is that they make this early part of the game where you kind of just are walking through this path that they want you to walk down, they make it really interesting and it's much like, more so than any other game that's tried to do it. It's like a Disneyland ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just let go and you experience the environment. Like Pirates of the Caribbean isn't really a ride. It doesn't really do anything exciting, but you love it because you're like so soaked into this cheesy little atmosphere. I feel like <laughs> it's more like it's sort of a haunted house kind of situation. Than that's true because you're walking through it. Like Whereas the first one was very much fucking Pirates of the Caribbean where you're all oh look over there a robot yeah, look that, over there that, toxic environment no no that's, that, that's still true to a, a very big extent that's, one of that's the things that, that when, like, when Half-Life did that though no one, all, no it, one else was yeah. doing that it was really yeah. that scene was incredible to me when it first I, I don't know if it's uh, me playing with headphones or what 
but I really like, like, when I played it on console, you know, I have surround sound and stuff, but the new headphones I have, which are really good, like, just hearing the sound and stuff, I mean, Half-Life has, has, Half-Life has such, like, distinct sounds. Oh, yeah. They, like, totally tell me, like, this is yep. what's coming up ahead, yep. this is what's going on, yep. like, Everything yep. has such a unique sound to it that immediately I know, like, that's a machine gun, that's a helicopter. Everyone knows the maracas of death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just, I, I like, even from this, the moment, though, like, with the, uh, man, what's the technical term for it? You know, like, the, I guess the Doppler effect or something, you know, like, oh, yeah. you, mm-hmm. as you're passing mm-hmm. by the loudspeakers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, so good. Like, I mean, every everything, even from the moment you step out of the train... And, you know, you hear Dr. Breen's voice coming over the loudspeaker, but then there's also that monitor that, like, comes up and takes the photo of you mm-hmm. and then, like, moves, scuttles away. I mean, it's you're just like, what the hell is going on here? And sound plays a big, big part of that. I mean, there's you're constant, constantly being bombarded by really good voice acting, which, I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget or don't give credit for because there's so many games that have bad voice acting. Oh, in yes. general... The ga- the voice acting in this game is outstanding. Um, well, and when and when Half Life Two first came out, there weren't that many games with good voice acting. Right. It was actually rare, and now we now we kind of expect it. And in fact, we really fault games for not having good voice acting. But Half Life Two, it, one of the reasons why people love the characters so much is because <laughs> like holy shit, it, it's read by people that actually you know can do a good job with it, and the writing is well done. And there's the the narrative structure of Half Life Two is really. Just well done. I mean, it's very cyclical. Obviously, it kind of begins and ends with the, with the Citadel for the most part. I mean, yeah. once you come out of the train station anyway. But even before that, there's just great kind of foreshadowing that you would never notice the first time you're playing through, but that really pay off, pays off the second time. Like, just after you uh, kind of make your way into the guards' cages, there's a train that's leaving for Nova Prospect before mm-hmm. Barney comes right. in to yeah. take you. Well, you know, obviously later in the game, you may, you break into Nova Prospect through some back-ass cave back door, mm-hmm. you know, but you could have just made your way there earlier if you <laughs> got on the train. Sans have suit. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, what if, you know, what if uh, Dr. Kleiner didn't have a kind of uh, thing for... For de-beaked head crabs, if he didn't keep Lamar as a pet, <laughs> then your transfer, your portal transfer, probably would have gone through okay, and you never would have had to go. No, on crazy see, that's the thing. Actually, is that everyone thinks that it's Lamar, but this is actually developed later. It's not Lamar is not what fucked up that teleportation experiment. Really? Um, I don't. I don't know that I want to. Like this. Is, this podcast might as well be fucking named spoilers. But I don't know if I want to spoil stuff that comes later if people haven't gotten there yet. Oh, got you. But there is definitely. Uh, what's the time right now on that? Twenty forty. Uh, it, in episode two, like where it has, they have problems from tele. Like I think that they teleport you or something like that, or or there's some other time where someone says there's strange inter- interference around you, and that's created by the G Man. Like that's why there's strange. Like they, that whole thing goes wrong is because of your exposure to the what other if, dimension. What if the G Man did control the head crab and make the head crab do that? <laughs> well, but I, all you have to I do don't know. Is it's like, pretty. <laughs> that's interesting that you say that because it's. I mean, it's definitely set up to be. They like make Lamar's it look like Lamar screwing it up. Yeah. I mean, he jumps in right at the right. moment of imp- of impact, and that sequence. Actually, to me, in re- when playing through this time, I never had really thought about how strange it seems. Um, fuck, there was something else I wanted to say. Anyway, uh, the thing that the thing that's strange about it is that uh, you know you kind of are warping back and forth between your teleportation chamber and the one at Black Mesa East, mm-hmm. um, 
and then all of a sudden, for no reason at all, you're office. you're you're in Breen's office, which seems just like a completely fucking random place, unless the G-man is having some sort of like weird effect that for, you know is putting you in the right place, the right man at the wrong place, or whatever. Can you make know, all the difference. Yeah. Can, yeah, exactly. For a second, this podcast went into a very Giuseppe Cantelli place. Giuseppe Cantelli was the guy that used to ride into EGM and one up with the crazy like, what if? What things? if? What if? What if Banjo did find Grunty's magic bag? <laughs> <laughs> That's just what it sounded like. What if? What if the G-Man did make Vortigaunts your enemies? <laughs> Sorry. One of the things that was really visually striking with me when I first saw Half Life Two was that um, I think this was like one of the first games that put like a gleam in the character's eyes. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? Like. Yep. To me, their their eyes just really. I mean that that's why you walked up to the NPCs staring at the, like the train schedules, yeah. and he's just talking to himself, you know, about the departures. This then you look at him, and, just, and the acting is so real. And no one had done faces like yeah. that no. before. Yeah, it, it's funny because it, at the same time, it does like these really great faces. Like you'll be having a conversation with Alex or uh, her dad, and it'll be like really good. But then it'll like break you out of a little bit when they start doing like the robotic twist walk, so yeah. that they can face <laughs> you while they talk. The yeah. funny thing is. Uh, like Half Life Two on three sixty looks like how you remember Half Life Two on PC looking, but it doesn't actually. But it look doesn't like. like in there. You can tell in certain spots because there are certain character models that you never see in Episode One or Two, like Mossman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Later, mm-hmm. and she looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. The uh, um, but well, that's yeah, it's, that's I, it's funny that you mentioned that the the them turning around in the hallways is what kind of pulls you out of it because that's the exact opposite of what happened to me on playing on three sixty. I was thinking like. I was thinking, man, if this game always looked like this, maybe I maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but it seemed like the animation matching for her like doing all the spins, walking around, like interacting with me was totally unreal. You know, to it's me- like pretty fucking it's like good job are you talking about alex yeah alex why well, I, I mean i know yeah but that, i mean i think you were were, were you well, talking yeah i was about talking alex? about alex too it's to be fair it isn't like as bad as like some games right where they look like they're obviously pivoting right like, right on, but, like but, but, they're, but their faces are so real that their anything would pull you out of it at that point right. and they that's act. what i'm saying like mm. when it comes to especially alex like nothing pulls me out of it almost i mean you know obviously of course, of course, there are things that do, but it's such an incredible job in terms of the animation of her character, yeah. her entire body language, um, that they're able to pull it off. And I'm actually playing on PC, which, like we've said, uh, hasn't been updated. You know, the, the Xbox 360 version, like you said, has the uh, the episode one and two character models and stuff like that, and textures and things, yeah. and the PC version still doesn't. And uh, they, Valve Fuckers. still says it's coming. In fact, I ran across it because I, I was looking. I was like, well, maybe they've patched that by now because it's been so long since I played la- the last time I played Half-Life 2. Maybe they've patched it. So I was looking like, no, I went onto the forums and like the top, like the second post down on the, the Steam forums for Half-Life 2 was, when's this coming? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and somebody from the Steam cast had done a, a, an interview with um, Gabe Newell and like asked him that very question. And his thing was like, we yeah we're still doing it it's on valve time you know quote unquote and they, like we're doing all this other stuff it's not high priority or I whatever. asked them I, I mean yeah. we went out to see the game ahead of time this was when Orange <laughs> Box was coming out and they said yeah we really really want to do it because it's obviously it's a far better visual experience mm-hmm. if you're playing it this way but the plain and simple fact of the matter is that 
that's the bulk of this game in terms of the file size is those things, the textures and the models. Mm-hmm. So if it's not like we can just like turn it on or something like that. We basically yep. have to have people download the entire game again. And so it needs to be it can't we need to do it as something where it's like Half Life Two new edition, something like, like that. You complete. know, we're not gonna update everyone's Half Life Two save with all this crap. We're gonna make you download something else that's like a new right. version of it or whatever. And so like and they just haven't figured out how and to playing do it on PC right I've, I'm actually kind of glad that it that I didn't find an update like that or that they hadn't done one yet because I'm like, okay, well this is this is how I originally played the game. Yeah. Let's play it again. Let's see how it holds up. And it's really interesting the things that, like Arthur, like what you're talking about before, like remembering after playing the episodes, like remembering backwards and that it looked this good. And there it, are and certain things. There are certain like things. The Vortigaunts, especially, don't yeah. look anywhere near. No, and, and like, and you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at Alex, and I'm looking at Doctor Mossman and everything, and like especially Doctor Mossman. But I'm looking at Alex, and I'm thinking like. Wow, that's still a really incredible character model. Eli is still a really incredible character model. The way is like the best to me. Yeah, and their their faces and the way their brows furrow and stuff like that. But still, you know, I look at them closely, or I do a suit zoom in or something like that to get a really close up look. And I'm like, yeah, this is definitely the 2004 version of Half. Props to not. I mean. Fuck, what's his... I'm trying to think of the voice actor's name, but the guy who plays... Robert Guillaume. Yeah. yeah. Guillaume. I, I was going to say uh, Isaac Jaffe, because I watch a lot of Sports <laughs> Night. Um, that's all I could think of. But, I mean, I, again, as a, as a Sports Night fan, it makes it better. But, God, the voice acting for, so for awesome. Eli is just, like, so wonderful. Yeah. And that character... I mean, along with Alex... I want Eli really, to be really, my really dad. Well <laughs> and also because that means I'm married to Alex. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd be my dad if I was married you to him. You want to be, be, him to be your dad in law. I just want to right. be my dad if, I, if that means marrying I don't know, man. You could wake up teleported to the fucking Borealis or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very have a, have a heartbreaking ending to the relationship, too. <laughs> well, so I suppose we should, like, move into the actual game. So, yes, yeah, so let's go backwards. Let's start with, like... Um, Meeting, uh, being teleported outside of yeah. the of the of Kleiner's lab. Well, just to recap, so you uh, you make your way into this into the the processing area, City Seventeen. Barney finds you and tells you that you need to go meet. Which was Dr. like Kleiner. as a Half Life fan, I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's Barney!" And his About character model looks beer, right? really, really, really good. It does, yeah. You know, especially if you go back and look at <laughs> oh, what Barney God. looked like, which is a, <laughs> just a laughable, hammer-headed joke. And Barney is a freaking great character. He's so cool. Like, well, I, as soon as I saw him and, and saw that in Half Life Two, I was like, "Man, I really want a Half Life Two Blue Shift." <laughs> so. so so what is his what is his history with Gordon? so in uh, I didn't there was the first Half Life right so Half Life came out and then like you you ran into a security guard like in that in the Half Life one opening and mm. like you know you get him to open the door for you or whatever and that's supposedly Barney and but oh, you okay. but you see um, you see those in Half Life one you see these security guards everywhere and they all look like Barney so oh, okay. Barney is the every guard yeah he's yeah, the every guard one. and okay. then so then they released an expansion Half Life Blue Shift. Which is like you playing that security guard, and everything that's happening to the to Black Mesa, 
while Gordon cool. Freeman is doing his, his shit, you're doing this stuff as Barney in, in, in a parallel parallel time. And so, like, you go through all this crazy shit. You're, like, fighting the special forces and everything. And, and it turned out to be a really, really good game and a really good expansion to the, to the Half-Life Really? I mean, I, I never... Blue Shift is the one I never played. Um, but I hear fine. a lot of people express being underwhelmed by Blue Shift. I dug I think, it. I, think I thought it was really cool. It's not, I, think a lot, I think people were underwhelmed because it wasn't as story-driven as Half-Life. It was very much more an, an action 3D shooter of the time. It's shooter. shorter. It's about half as long as it was before. It upgrades the graphics and engine for the other games as well, I believe. Yeah. There but was anyway, a high-res texture pack that came with it, yes. But anyway, Barney is the one that stars in Blue Shift, so like he, okay. that's why he's back in uh, Half-Life 2. Cool. So you, 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 you kind of get busted out of the room when uh, Barney hears some guards come. And you kind of make your, start making your way through City 17 alone, but you have no idea where to go. Um, and this is where the game starts to feel a little less modern to me. And didn't at the, this is, again, this is just showing its age. I always used to think that City 17 felt really um, full of things, full of crap, like uh, paper and debris on the ground and like trash everywhere and people walking around. And in this playthrough... It's it it hasn't felt that way. I'm I'm re- remembering. Oh no, it is pretty sparse. You know, you are just like walking down. this... Lived in though, and not just it, lived it, in, but occupied. It looks yeah. It looks like it just looks to me like like they've basically removed everyone, and it's just like the last few people there. At especially this point. once you get to the tenements, the tenements uh, that building where they kind of are, you're you walk into the hallway and the combine knock down that people those people's doors, and there are a couple of people still living in their apartments. Like mm-hmm. there, you know, the one guy has that great line where he says. Uh, was that you knocking? Who was obviously the combine down down the hall? But he says that was that you knocking? I didn't even know we had a door. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he doesn't have a door. It's great. Um, or like right before you go into the tenements when you're trying to get away, and there's those two guys standing outside yeah, yeah. the one that the combine aren't at. And like I love that line too. The the one guy's like, "Well, they don't have any reason to come here." Like, oh, they'll don't find you, one. Don't worry, they'll find one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, like, it sets the mood so well. And I thought it was really cool, like, when you're up in the tenements, you know, you can talk to the different people, you can see the the stuff that's happening, and then all of a sudden the, the APC rolls in down mm-hmm. on the street, and it's like, oh, fuck, it's on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's just, from that point on, it gets it gets really intense, and you're really trying to run away. And the I remembered sequence. the chase sequence. At the, the very first time I played Half-Life 2, I didn't like the chase sequence. I mean, I thought I liked the tension of it, but I didn't like it because, like, I kept getting confused on where to go, you know? Like, I, I kept, like, trying to, like, go other places on the roof where I cl- couldn't go, and I'd fall down to the street level or whatever. But this time, it, it, it felt better just because I know exactly where I'm going. And that's a that's something that, that I'll probably dip into a little bit more later, is that Half-Life 2, the specifically Half-Life 2, not the episodes, is interesting as a sort of, like, midway point between... Like the old Valve and the new Valve, as far as like getting their chops on really effective level design and not doing level design. See, very that, well. that's that's interesting. Like I, I know where both of you guys are coming from, and it's totally it's totally true because the level design that they have, especially in Episode Two, seems so super refined. I mean, they like kind of know exactly like arena with this many places for cover, or these many openings, and this sort of thing. Whereas Half Life Two doesn't. It feels like a little bit more kind of haphazardly thrown together but what i always thought was interesting about it was that i always went the right way and i felt like i didn't know where i was going and that is and that was always really interesting to me this during this chase sequence but more importantly right after barney hands you the uh crowbar 
and you kind of like jump down and you're you're on the train tracks. I remember the first time I played that, and it's hard to remember everything about the first time I played through, but I definitely <laughs> remember going the right way the first time. So did I. When yeah. I was running, and I feel like I'm just running, trying to avoid trains, and I made, and I was like, I felt like I didn't explore that space at all. You know, as a gamer, I'm kind of anal retentive, and I like to like <coughs> go to every corner and look everywhere, and I just like ran through that spot and ended up going the right way, and yeah. I always thought that was incredible. And there are lots of parts in Half-Life 2 that are like that, but then there are also parts where you will see, explore for a good half an hour trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing, and you won't see that, oh, I didn't realize that I'm supposed to fall, which I've always been told I'm not supposed to do, and then turn this wheel, which will fill this room with water, as opposed to this pump being somewhere normal that humans would, acce- would, yeah, that, would uh, access it. Totally. Yeah, exactly what we're and talking like about. In other places, it's like, oh, that grate is red. Like That immediately catches my attention. I'm going to go over there. Oh, there's a red light over that door. That's how I know where I'm going. Yeah, they definitely get a lot better about like lighting the path forward mm-hmm. in but then later there, games. But then there will be a periods where you're like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to fucking do. And it's almost like... There was one level designer that knew exactly how to lead people where they needed to go, and the other guys was like, "That looks cool." So that's that's <laughs> it. Kind of feels just like to me like throwbacks to the parts of Half Life One I have played, where it's like these environmental puzzles that you just like don't really understand, but you got to sit there and like, it's a puzzle. It that's, really is like a hard puzzle. It's not even like a puzzle that's leading you. It's just like figure this shit out. Good luck. That's what I mean. Like I can't separate myself from having the fact that I played this game a bunch of times, so I don't get mm-hmm. locked up at these things. Like I can't remember what it's like to have forgotten how to solve a puzzle because I just know how to solve it. But there are moments that I, I, I feel are weird where I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. That that's, that's what they wanted me to do? That seems like mm-hmm. the level is not quite lined up right. The part I'm thinking of is um, once you get the airboat and you're kind of... This, I think, is before you get the weapon for it and you're kind of on the long chase running away from the helicopter. There's a part where you come out of some like pipes and you're... You, do this little airboat jump, and then you're supposed to land on top of these pipes, and then kind yeah. of slide into the top. And of no one ever makes it the first time, right? And, well, I think I did originally when I first played it. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. I saw Arthur appear last night. I saw him coming to it, and I was like, "This is gonna be funny to watch." I didn't this time uh, when I was playing it, and I remember, and then and it just like really cements. You get to look at it again, and you get to say like, "Wow, this is a, a just a kind of strangely Weird. shaped room. Yeah. This is yeah. a dumb spot. You can't really turn your." craft around very well in here oh but you look you had the the big open part with the jump is back there this is clearly what they want you to do but visually it just doesn't look like your your boat should be able to fit through that little slot i mean another thing that that the game shows its age on is the the collision and the way that you move around the environment like mm-hmm. unlike most modern games you will get stuck on geometry a lot in especially, half-life 2 especially on the boat i was yeah. or especially in water there's that room yeah there's a, it's around the part where you kind of turn on that valve that you're saying where the hell is the valve with all the man hacks. Yeah, yeah. I actually, and we can talk about man hacks later. I like man hacks, but anyway, you you kind of uh, make there's this there's this room where it's filled with water, and down at the bottom there's a bunch of boards covering up some like things that you right. need to float up to the surface, and yep. then you can jump across to the and other side. Getting on top of those things, then getting onto that ledge is a real pain in the ass. So that's what this game need, has really terrible space physics when it comes to like jumping up out of water yeah. and, and it's even worse is, on console they fucking do it again there's <laughs> another part where not only is there like floating shit but there's toxic waste 
and fucking head crab zombies. Yeah, to me it seems like it, it could really benefit from like a Call of Duty A to climb up the ledge button. Yeah. Like well, something like that at times. Like when you walk up to that ledge, I don't want to sit there and just that's the thing jump is, until I get the right of, jump. Call of Duty 4 console ruins like FPS interaction in a lot of other games because it's so goddamn good and polished yeah, and, and awesome. Modern. And that's and that's and it's modern. Like this modern game at least has has a run. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, like, I, I hear Halo ODST does not have a sprint button. I'm going to miss the hell out of a sprint. Yeah, I can't believe that. And when I'm playing yeah. this game, like, yeah, there's a crowbar, and I love it, but, you know, what I wouldn't give for a melee on every weapon. So or, the fact, yeah. of, uh, or the fact that, I, like, that on PC, me. it's become my default, right? G for grenade. Yeah. G, but you actually have to hit, like, a number key to switch to a grenade. You know, uh, I just want a quick grenade button. Or the fact that, uh, and maybe this is another console thing, but hopping on and off of ladders in this game is really difficult. The way the jump works, it's kind of a horizontal jump, which makes platforming really easy when you're jumping forward. Mm-hmm. But when you're on a ladder... Whichever direction you're facing, your character will only jump like perpendicular to that or something, and so it gets really tricky. I don't know if this is something that they that they added in for the console audience or if it was always in the PC version, but now if you hit use, like you automatically suck onto the ladder and climb up, and then they updated the when console. you're yeah that's when not you're, the PC version. See, I think it is in the PC version now because really? when you and then when you press the action button again, it basically detaches from the ladder onto the nearest surface, so that you don't have those accidental deaths. Uh, yeah. See, may- maybe I just didn't realize that, but yeah, I'm definitely still playing it like I've always played it, which is run to a ladder and Hug. run up it like I'm running up a wall. Yeah, you know? should try it. Yeah, it's it's handy. It's mostly the it's it's the jumping off ladders that's tricky. So I'll definitely try this use trick because I um, find myself <laughs> this use trick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, jumping it, off it's just like strangely. It's one thing I, I someone pointed out in the comments is that it often feels like you're like walking on ice. Like the Gordon just sort of zips across every surface, and it yes. doesn't really feel like you have any weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's reinforced by some of the physics moments as yeah. well. And this is again like the it, this is an old older PC game. So when mm-hmm. this game came out, these were all kind of things that all shooters did. It's just yeah. the fact that many shooters since then have evolved, and Valve in their episodes has seemed seen to mostly keep the interactions between the the player and the world the same as they were in Half-Life 2. And so it kind of feels like well come on guys like I don't I would I don't mind if Gordon puts his crowbar away every once in a while I get to see his hands climb up a ladder. That might actually be nice. I might like to see <laughs> the hands of the hips. Well, I mean I remember I, I you know it, 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 sorry Matt, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say I think it was E3 was it E3 2005 when they first showed Thief 3. I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. And then the uh and I remember the I, I went I went to that E3 and I saw Thief Three and the big thing about Thief Three was full body awareness. When you were climbing up a wall, you saw his hands. When you looked down, you saw his feet. And like that was a revolutionary thing at the time. And so yeah, when Half Life Two came out, it was still standard practice that you just didn't see your body when you were moving. Right. I was gonna say you know think about that same thing. Like when I played the original Call of Duty and Call of Duty Two, those games still didn't really have you as much seeing your feet. Like they did, but I'm saying like. Not and like when you climbed a ladder, it was still very much like you didn't Call watch your hands. Call of Duty Four is a whole Call of Duty Four is a whole new thing. thing but I'm, I'm saying basically. like one and two. That's what I mean. And like and I played like Doom Three, all these games, right? 
So it was like the first time I played something like Condemn, mm-hmm. where you actually saw like your guy's shoulder bending down, and, mm-hmm. and when he climbed a ladder, he was like bending with it. Like all I mean, it was yeah, a Namco like, game breakdown. But, but now, it was like one of the first ones that showed your full body. Yeah, or breakdown. Escape yeah, from Butcher Bay. But now, yeah. but now I'm so, yeah, but now Butcher I'm, Bay was maybe the best implementation yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say now I'm so used to that with games like Butcher Bay or mm-hmm. Mirror's even, Edge that even now Call of Duty. Well, and now that you I know, see you're, it, and it's not like your hands, you see your character like jumping over things, and they still manage to like. It, that game doesn't feel slow at all. I mean, it feels really fast when you're hopping over stuff, and I think that was my always my concern is like, oh well, I don't want my character to animate and put his gun away so that you know, especially in a multiplayer game. Exactly, want I want to be that. fast, and mm-hmm. but that that just never really factored in. If the animations are quick and good, it's just yeah. going to work. Well, and then there's uh, and it's also like the the physics things in Half Life Two. You know the. That was such a big thing when Half Life Two came out because of the you know the gravity gun and the way that the physics worked in the game. People hadn't seen shit like that before. Yeah, just so like picking and throwing objects. Yeah, you and know? so the, so they spend a lot of time in Half Life Two like making these physics things and making those physics puzzles. Where the first time I played, I was like, "This is so cool," and this time I'm like, "Man, this fucking thing's in my way." You know, and it's like I'll go up to an area like when when we're on the airboat section. You know, first there's that puzzle where you have to take you have to take the uh, the hollow plastic canisters and raise yeah, and, yeah, and raise, raise the ramp raise the ramp so you can jump up it. And then there's the one of those optional sections that you can stop at where there's some stuff suspended up in this basket. Yep. You know, and, you and like, take the bricks out. Yeah, exactly. And and like. Both of those sections, like the the second section with the basket, I just skipped because I'm like, fuck it, I'm not that, gonna need that stuff. See, that is exactly and, what I said as I walked in. Anthony yeah. was sitting on my bed while I was playing this. I was like, you know what, fuck this, I am not even dealing with this basket. Well, and then he's like, and then, oh, you just have to take some stuff out of the other one. Yeah, well, but it look, but there's all kinds of planks up where it looks like it might be some adventure but to I'd make see, it work. They, it's funny because I had the the opposite effect on me. Was I think I started to explain this the. Uh, I got an achievement tracker thing that came up that told me that I'd only found 27 out of 45. Oh, really? Lambda of the locators. Lambda caches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I was like, 27 out of 45? I know everything in this fucking game. <laughs> yeah. I played this game five <laughs> times. How do I only have 27 out of 45? And then it made me realize, like, maybe I don't know the nooks and crannies of this game as yeah, well as I thought I've, I did. I found a few new Lambda locations playing yeah, through yeah. so far. And some of them are time. really cool. I mean, there's that one with the two kind of skeletons that are, like, yeah. sitting on the couch below the... the I'm trying to think the complex where you are running away from the helicopter and you end up like turning on some alarm and opening right. some water gate during so that you can get the airboat. Yeah, it's yeah. right there. It's right there. And then there's a there's the one there's open. a Vortigaunt cave. Um, after you destroy the helicopter, um, you know how you're kind of you're in the airboat and you need to open up your path so you can jump through. I fucking hate that part. <laughs> if you once you once you open up the gate that allows you to get up to the top of that island, you can kind of pull your airboat along the kind of side and there's a bunch of these like pipes that look like they're covered by grates but there's and there's one that's, one that's like yeah. that is covered by a grate but it's barely <laughs> open you would like never notice it unless you walk really close and then <laughs> yeah. if you hop up onto it in the inside is uh is that the sinking it's, it's the radioactive it's Vortigaunt. radioactive goo yeah. and you have to hop through radioactive you have to have be at full health so you can like hop through the radioactive goo and then on the other side there's like a vortigaunt doing a ritual and he's got a bunch of head crabs that he's cooking on a fire, 
And it's aside from the little ritual and the song he's singing at first, it's all you can just get him to say all the things that all the Vortigaunts in the game say. You get an yeah. achievement for finding him too. And it's a lot oh, oh, that's right. There is an achievement. And there's yeah, a, find the singing Vortigaunt. Yep, uh, singing okay. Vortigaunt. That's what it's called. Now, see, like I, I didn't bother. Like obviously, I'm not bothering with achievements since I'm playing the PC version. Right. And, Steam uh, achievements, man. But like, <laughs> Steam achievements. I, I actually don't see anything coming up. Like I don't. Maybe my Half Life Two version isn't updated the same. I way haven't seen anything coming yeah. up either. But like I just. I'm not See, even... I don't think those are in Half Life Two. Half Life Two never got the Valve the fucking failed. But but I know but I know where all of those things are because like in the past, you know, when I've played Half Life Two, I'm like I am finding everything in this. But I'm telling what I'm telling you is like I thought that I had done it. Yeah. But what these achievements are telling me is that I've done maybe half of them, right. and I swear I've hugged every corner of that environment. But I'm still like but I'm still like the the physics puzzles that I do know. Uh-huh. If like. If I'm like going to an area and like the thing hanging in the basket, and I'm like, I got enough shit. I'm like, I'm totally not gonna mess with this puzzle. Though the ramp that you have to raise up with the airboat, I was like, I know from playing in the past that I really only need two things under there, and as long as I hit it at the right thing and the right speed, then I can make it. You know, like sometimes you won't make it if you don't do that. But I'm like, I gotta shortcut this because like the the physics puzzles where before they were like these really interesting experiments in gameplay design now are just kind of annoying and like there's the one where you're in the sewer and like you're you set the cinder blocks on the one side to raise the yeah, teeter totter you know and it's like I was like fuck I kept trying to do that because like it, it would start to it would start to dip and then like I would Slide try tricks. and I would try to jump to the other one but he wouldn't jump while it's dipping you know, and I was like, "Ah, this is so annoying." See, I, I like I I'd gotten to the point where I played it so many times that I just like walk to the other side of the thing, and I know that you don't even have to walk up onto the teeter totter. You can just lift a brick, lift it above your head, and then walk your character forward until the teeter totter is above you, and then hit use, and he lets go. Mm-hmm. And you do that like three or four times. You can put all the bricks on there in less than. 15 seconds and mm-hmm. make the, make your way so across. So my yeah. my my view on all of this like basically the first for your first time through the first three and a half hours of Half-Life 2 are a tutorial for every situation you're going to come across for the rest of the and, game. Well and then Ravenholm's like the playground too. Yeah. Like all the physics um, stuff. I mean like it, every time it it introduces like a new thing it has more than one area that shows you exactly how that thing could be used. Yeah. Like the ramp shows you, oh, well, you can seesaw shit just like you would in physics, and mm-hmm. the the blue barrels show you, oh, you can make these float. Um, and then later you have to use the washing machine or whatever it is yeah, to drop. Yeah, I, I, I was going to joke that I've never ramp. been so excited to find a washing machine in a video game before. <laughs> right. The, um, uh, the other thing about the first few hours is that playing through them, multi- this is, like I said, this is the worst part of the game to have to replay because it does feel like really long tutorial it takes a while to get moving the environments are maybe not the most interesting in the entire game i think the buggy section personally is like my favorite looking part of the game or maybe the return to city 17 at the end but um so so your first time through though there it's like a the beginning of a kind of weird road trip and there aren't that many games that do this in a non-open world game i mean it's linear but and you feel like, it feels like it's mostly centered around City 17, but really you're like traveling all these different places, all from the get go. And so it has this kind of wide scope that feels really strange and different than most other games that came before. I'd be it. curious to know how much actual mileage you cover. Yeah, how far does it go? It doesn't just like loop back and forth or something. Well, yeah, I assuming that, but like even like just total like amount traveled, like if it's like a couple of miles or more than that, or. 
And I, I don't think that the environments in Water Hazard are boring, because at this point I assume that we're talking about Water Hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, water Hazard in the kind of sewer, area, sewer areas. Um, and I feel canals. like it establishes sort of exactly what's happening in the world, even more than the, than the tenements did, because it's like, look at these fucking canals that are totally disused, and you can see off in the distance there are these really gray, like, Soviet... Like mm-hmm. occupied mm-hmm. Poland-looking buildings in the distance. Yeah, and, and and for me, like one of the things about you know, just in terms of the level design, sometimes not being exactly clear on where you need to go and whether or not you know that's a conscious decision-making sort of progression of puzzle. To me, like when you're sitting in the rooms and you're kind of trying to figure everything out, and like you know, when you, when, you, when we're talking about the audio that's going on, like all these things sort of build. Like even even though I might not be progressing anywhere in the game, and like I'm sort of frustrated, at least I'm still in this. Uh, atmosphere-filled area, and it's mm. sort of uh, adding to the tension of the whole scene. Like especially in that one physics puzzle where you drop the dishwasher into the little grate. Into the the yeah the like there's thing, the there's well, this little sound cue that triggers when you go over to climb up the long ladder that you got to, and it it makes you feel like something's going to happen, something's going to pop up. Nothing does, but it's just to to, to me it captures that whole feeling, the whole just mm. wide and empty feeling of city 17 yeah then there's the red barn i like the red barn the red barn's cool that's that's the other thing is i i mean i kind of really appreciate that not everything is so you know spelled out and perfect that it's got these kind of rough edges because a lot of games now i mean i don't know i've played a lot of batman recently and that game turned out a lot better than i thought it would but after i played the demo I, i in my mind it seemed a lot like the new prince of persia where everything is just like happens to always play out for the best for you, the character, because they don't want anything bad to happen to anyone who's playing the game because they don't want anyone to stop playing it. So everything has to be so fucking by the grid and perfect. And so the fact that Half-Life does have these rough edges where you're looking at it, um, and this this is kind of jumping ahead, but as, after Ravenholm, when you're jumping down that, that giant mine and there's those kind of like pieces of wood that are going along the outside of the mine. I'd really like to find the guy that, at Valve that thought that was a good idea and slam his head into a desk. See, I kind of like that it's just like... Because when you know what... You, you know, if, again, if you've played it a few times, it totally works. You can make your way down that mine shaft without taking any at damage at all. But the slightest misstep at all... I, like platforming wise in a game that does not do platforming especially well will if it doesn't kill you on the fall will surround you by 18 million head crabs including the fucking death crabs true <laughs> but imagine imagine playing it on PC the first time where you would have i mean very likely quick saved like only moments prior you know? I, I mean i played the first time i played through it i played through it on pc and i remember thinking this sucks yeah. <laughs> just like the part at the beginning of half life where you're above the water area where you first meet the bull squids and you're supposed to jump from fucking crate to crate also made me think this sucks yeah they definitely got the level design got tighter as the episode yeah i mean i don't remember much platforming at all in episode one or two one and the uh i want to i want to go from like you know the the airboat section but then right when you finally get to eli's lab and Black uh, black mesa east yeah and like that, and you you get into the elevator with Alex, and you're going down, and you see like the Vortigon playing chess and the mm-hmm. Vortigon chefs, you know, like preparing mm-hmm. stuff. And then yeah. then you come down, and there's there's that whole little scene that plays out where uh, you're first introduced to Eli, and he's like, "Take a look at this, Gordon." And you can play around with that rock thing that doesn't it, do anything. Yeah. And and Alex is like fixing something, and then Doctor Mossman comes you, through. Like for a little while, you feel like, "Oh, okay." Like 
Uh, the, here's some ordinary world stuff. All right, cool. I'm I'm gonna hang out with these guys, and we're gonna like do some scientist shit together. It makes <laughs> it seem like they've got other shit going on than Gordon Freeman being there. Right. I really, I and, really like that scene, especially like after you've looked at everything in Eli's lab, and he's told you all about the Seven Days War and mm-hmm. Bree or the Seven Hour War and Breen and See, his I never wife. Had him tell me about the Seven Hour War. Oh, you have to go. There's a. There's like a. A like a bulletin cork board yeah, that's got I a bunch of that. stuff on it. If you if you go up and look at it, he'll say, he'll talk uh, about "Do you it. remember Doctor Breen? He was the you know he's he stopped the Seven Hour War by bartering with you know the aliens." Oh, okay, and blah, I blah, do blah, blah, blah. actually remember that. See, yeah. and like the, and there's like ways that you can there's like in in those scenes you can like run around and jump around like an idiot and like try to toss stuff at these guys. Hey, or. <laughs> or you can like go up and look at the corkboard and have them say something and get something else out of it. So there's incentive there for like not breaking the mood of the scene. And I, you know, they have the little machine with the the rock in it, which is totally like a throwback <laughs> to Half Life One when you start the resonance. I mean, cascade. I'm pretty sure that is like the sample that you <laughs> yeah. put in the machine. So of course I'm t- sitting there tweaking with the knobs trying to get the resonance cascade to happen. <laughs> All the while. Uh, this is in my most recent playthrough. Um, Alex and Mossman are having this conversation about mm-hmm. whose fault it is that something isn't working yet. Yeah. And I'm like sitting here tweaking with this thing. And all of a sudden it, it pops into my mind like, oh, yeah, these people are having a conversation. And for that, just like that one moment, I'm like really Gordon Freeman tweaking with <laughs> some n- funny knobs in front Trying of this to machine. Trying to cause a cataclysm when, again. You know, <laughs> these, when these two ladies are having this conversation to the other side of me, it all, you know, it's in those moments where Half-Life is at its best. Going back mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit, who played with the teleporter in Dr. Kleiner's office? I did. Teleporting yeah. a little cactus plant thing? You can, of course you, you can, do. You can't just do, you don't just do the cactus, like you can grab a book off the shelf. Really? Yeah. The oh, that's fucking <laughs> bad. Oh, man, I, I shoved a monitor, uh, like a PC, like I had, I had three things, like I, I was yeah, it comes out like Brundlefly at the other end. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they go back and forth. And that then funny. There, I think I also got an achievement for breaking it. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, I'm that's going awesome. back. I didn't know you could do all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. either. That's you awesome. Just spam it. That's See, so funny. Played through this game a lot of times, and there's yeah. still new stuff every time. Well, and then like right after you talk to Eli and Black Mesa East, like you go right into. First of all, you get introduced to Dog, who is like. One of my favorite video game characters. Oh ever. wait, before dog, and then you get, but but like right before that, you get the fucking zero point energy manipulator. And if, if, thank you, if you want to call, if you want to call it that, I was if you want to call it, if you want to call it, I think that that's what we should call it through for the entirety of this <laughs> so, podcast. So, so the zero point energy manipulation tool, when you first get it, <laughs> I used it to do something that again, and this is another first that I've never seen in Half Life Two. I was glad on this time I finally got to see it. But right after she gives it to you, she's telling you, like, grab some stuff, move some stuff around. And if you kind of set up some boxes, you can, like, jump up to the higher level. And hidden behind one of the crates is a uh, one of the face plates for the HEV uh, energy distribution units from Half-Life 1. So you know how <laughs> in, in Half-Life 2, Gordon's HEV suit is set up to accept the combine yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a... Half-Life 2 quality version of the the units from the first game. It's sitting up on top of this section and you can like, oh, that's so you cool. go and look at it and you get an achievement. I think it's called Blast from the Past or something Son like that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that's that's awesome. awesome. This is one part right here where I broke the game twice. Oh, really? Yeah, because like the first thing I did is she said, grab a box and I grabbed it and shot it. And I ended up shooting it right up on the path where she climbs up. 
<laughs> and she goes through. So she, eventually she ran into the box. And it just and, got caught. And yeah, and got caught. And, she, and, then she like a robot. and then she teleported through it. Nice. So that was one point where I broke it. And also I shot Dog's ball and it shot it somewhere where it just I did the back. same fucking thing. And so then she was like, play fetch, Gordon. I was like, the bitch, the ball's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you? I think you can, because there's lots of like... Uh, pipe openings that I always think of as baskets, you know, because, I mean, obviously there is a basket up there mm, on a, yeah. like a basketball basket, but there's all these spaces where you can like throw boxes through a giant pipe that's up above your head, and I think you can throw the uh, dog's ball through there, and I can't remember, but I think it's set up to not break the game. If eventually, you she was just like, ah, oh, this game's over, and I was like, yeah, it's been over for a while. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um... See, I think that we're getting excited for the awesome stuff, but we we still have the the fucking rotor bladed elephant in the room to discuss, which is the duration of the helicopter chase through water hazard. Oh right, right. That doesn't, the, that doesn't bother me that much. I actually like I like the helicopter chase. I mean, it was never really that dangerous. It just kind of added some tension. It to takes away scene. some life, but I never got like to where I was like, oh yeah. my god, I'm I've been about playing to die. it. On, I've been playing it on hard this time, and it made me use all of I mean I stopped at every single one of the lambda locations um, even the basket one and pulled the stupid bricks out because I needed any health health or whatever it would give me through all of that all of the game really just because I was never at 100% hmm. but the only time that I there was one time where I got a bad save and uh, fuck what part was it in somewhere around the helicopter section I, I had a bad save where I only had like 22 health left and I had to Oh, I know what it is. It's the worst load in the entire game. So, I'm reminded playing through it. One of the reasons, another reason this game is not as modern as it could be is the goddamn loads every <laughs> two minutes or whatever, which at the time, that's just how FPS worked. It wasn't that big a deal, but in this game, this time through, I'm like, man, what if this was seamless? It would be so much nicer. It would feel so much more like a, like a, a straight-on adventure. And the one that really bothers me is the one in the airboat where you finally jump down the waterfall and then it loads right at the bottom of the waterfall. Oh, yeah. It feels like and such then, a great yeah. moment. You're like, woohoo, I'm jumping off this fucking waterfall. And then, load, yeah. sound <laughs> you mean, stops. You mean when you yeah. jump out of the dam, right? Yeah, you jump yeah. out of the dam. You go down yeah. this crazy... Yeah, it's a it's a dam. But it yeah. feels like you're going down a waterfall because right. it's like this huge like Giant leap that you make. Like, and you, it loads at the bottom. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> loads at the bottom... And I got 22 health, and uh, there's a rocket turret APC right mm-hmm. there that's firing at me, and I had to, like, blaze past this fire. I ended up switching to easy for a moment just so that the, the fire in the rockets wouldn't do as much damage to me. But other than that, I've been able to stay on hard the whole way through, and even through the helicopter section. It, it was fine. One it wasn't thing, the worst I, thing ever. I will give to it is that the points where it finally gives you something to fight back against the helicopter feel that much better for your complete powerlessness mm-hmm. against it. Um, something else I noticed this time is the helicopter looks like a locust, like an insect, not something no. of war. I think that's intentional, though, huh. and I say this because after we talked about that, I went and read the Wikipedia page, uh, several pages about Half Life and stuff, just reading about. The combine and stuff, and mm. since they've integrated so many other life forms, yeah. Yeah. that could be where that comes from. I, uh, in my my less ethical years, I actually acquired a digital version of the Half Life Two art book. I actually have a physical version. I almost brought it today. But... It's there's some pretty amazing shit in there about yeah, the development is. of the game and like stuff that got cut and explanations of the, where certain like, enemies um, came from. What is it? The the air supply center. There's like this whole um, uh, facility called like the air supply depot or something yeah. about where. 
you know, air processing takes place. Um, and then there's, and like, it, it talks amazing. about the tentacles, which were cut. Yeah. Um, and it shows all the pictures of the voice actors and the mm-hmm. people th- that they uh, base the, the models of the characters yeah. off of. Like random, like, like, random, like, uh, people in the Valve building that didn't even work at Valve. The Steiner but, guy is, like, yeah. uh, is like the guy, uh, Dr. Steiner is based on a model of a dude who actually worked in the building that Valve's offices are in. But didn't work for Valve. No. no. So, so there were there were times after the development of the game where people from Valve would be down at the Tully's Coffee getting a getting a drink downstairs and would see this guy and they'd be like, "Huh, why does that guy look so familiar?" <laughs> and I, I just always thought hey, that was really you, funny. We need your face. Yeah. Um. So, so the end of Water Hazard with the, the helicopter. helicopter battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing that was nice that Valve did that sort of broke the physics model of the game as like as opposed to what they established elsewhere is when I killed it this time it fucking crashed right into me. Yeah. It didn't <laughs> kill me. Yes. Which was awesome. And then I took the ramp over the uh the wall into Black Mesa East and ricocheted like a pinball all over the valley. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I have video of this. That's awesome. Um Yeah, I mean occasionally the physics do get totally silly. Like there was one point uh, in the early chase scene when you're running and all you have is your pistol that there was like a door blocked by a bunch of boxes and I killed all the boxes except for one and then I was like trying to crawl past it and all of a sudden I got crushed to death it's like hanging out with your friend that's got like poor impulse control it's like <laughs> everything's cool for one second then you say the wrong thing and it <laughs> flips over the table and everything on it have, yeah, you, the, have you seen the uh, oh, sorry Tara oh no no uh, have you seen like the the Half-Life 2 speedruns that came out like shortly after Half-Life 2 was released the first time. The Like They're, people breaking the physics. To yeah, the like, like they yeah. grab jump, you could like yeah. grab gun straight down off of a, like a if you got a box. One of the blades or whatever like the well, no, it's like if you, you pick it, up. Pretty much anything. If you got like a box yeah. or if you got a barrel and if you were standing on it, then you like uh, if you like jumped and then shot your grab gun down like you're shooting the object, then you could like jump yeah, and so there's I say like, the knife blades because they're they're flat, so they lie yeah. flat on the ground. They were yeah, the true. ultimate object to grab, jump off of, <laughs> because you just walked on it and you yeah. press down and jump. It was like rocket jumping off of nothing, and you could yeah. totally sequence break with it. And, and I think, yeah, I think they they fixed that pretty soon after yeah. those speedrun videos came out. But it was so cool because you see people like go through Ravenholm in like under five minutes because they're like just jumping over the entire level. Yeah. The, um, um, uh, oh shit. Totally forgot what I was gonna say. If anyone's got anything, go. You were about to talk about Ravenholm. Was I? So you play with dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then then, like shit happens. The combine attack. Black makes it east, and the only way for you to get out after you get cut off from Alex is to go through Ravenholm, even though we don't go there anymore. Oh yeah, Yeah. that's like one of the cheesiest parts of the entire narrative of Half Life. (laughs) That fucking video that plays when uh, when Alex and you get back in the uh, the elevator, and her dad's like, "Don't go to Ravenholm." Yeah. And she's like, all right, Gordon, you go to Ravenholm. You're like, yeah. were we watching the same fucking video? I know it glitched, but he got the whole word out. Well, no, I mean, it was, to be fair, though, I mean, it was that or be captured. Yeah, no, like, I know. Because I know. It's, sti- it's still, it just seemed like... I, it's like, I, I wish, get it, I Ravenholm's wish her line was, was something more like, I know my dad said to not go to Ravenholm, but we don't have a choice, Gordon. Let's right. like, I would have appreciated some fucking queries. Yes. <laughs> no, I just, uh, it just seems silly to me when she, she sends you there without a thought. It seemed contrived. Yes. Yeah. 
Ravenholm is such a badass part of the game, though. I just See, like to my, say that. It's my least favorite part. Really? Oh, See, I, th- I feel like Ravenholm is probably the best part of the game. Ravenholm is such a cool me. thing because it contrasts, like, it is so drastically different from everything you've experienced up till then. It's, so, okay, so, this, t- this time playing through it, I've been paying particular attention to the AI because of Che talking Jay, about it. Che Chow. So, Che Chow, Forza, Turn 10 Studios. Former 1-Up. Former 1-Up. Like, he and I are... Giver of a 9 to Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah. <laughs> he and I used to... I like arguing about Half-Life. He knows I love Valve. And he knows... He, 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 he thinks the most important thing in a shooter is the AI. And in a lot of shooters, that is the most important thing. I think in Half-Life 2, it's maybe not the most important thing. I would say that the kind of in the environment, City 17, is the most important thing to me about it. I think it's just a wonderful... And, and, and physics, so, I guess. Afterwards. So you would say that the shooting is not what really sells you on Half-Life No, but I would argue... I, I'm not going to say that it's not a first-person shooter, either. It's a first-person shooting game. You walk through it, and you shoot the entire time, except for the beginning when you don't have a gun. I'm sorry. And, so, and so in spite of the fact that. that the enemy AI sucks, you are still required to be precise with your shooting. Yes. Which like is the, easy on the console. Or on, on PC. Yeah. And there, there's lots of precision shooting that you need to do to get through the game quickly and effectively. And like I, I still feel as though the Half Life guns are really cool. Like, yeah, I like I like shooting in the game. Yeah, it's just I can't help but notice this time because Jay has been talking about it the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, the AI is pretty fucking bad, and it's it, the thing that makes it worse is that the Combine soldiers themselves are have seem to have worse AI than a fucking head crab wandering around which will mm-hmm. at least go hide behind a wall or something like that. The combine soldiers literally just run run at you and stop and shoot at you and scream and at they'll, you. And they'll stop there and shoot at you until you peek around the corner and shoot them. That's a result of their human uh, combine genetic manipulation. I, I, mean, I almost wish hurt. there was a story way for like, them to you explain do it. Hear. <laughs> if you leave it at the title screen, you hear a lot more of the kind of random shit that is said over the PA and over the radio for mm-hmm. the combine troops. And among other things, they talk about how memory replacement is a step towards advancement in the ranks yes. and things mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean... Uh, narratively, they might explain it away, but it doesn't change the fact that the f- soldiers that you fought in the first Half-Life and the like, kind of spy ladies, the ninja ladies that you fought in the first Half-Life were fun to fight because they flanked you and seemed to use cover and do all these things that were way ahead of their time that the Combine right. soldiers do none of. Well, so, it, sorry. Okay, I guess what I was going to say is that it's there, it sucks. Like you just kind of there the the combat while fun. The, the the enemies don't really do anything, and so yeah, that's that's one like of the problems with Half Life. So, so, well, so to go back to what I was yeah, to say, bring it back around, to bring How it back that... to Ravenholm. Mm. Why it relates is that Ravenholm to me has always been my least favorite section because I don't like the art direction of it as much, and I think Father Grigori is kind of a silly you character. Shut your mouth! I think he's a silly character. I just never liked the look of it in playing it this time. It has been fun because, you know, obviously getting the, the grav gun is fun. And, sadly, the combat is more exciting when you're fighting the zombies and headcrabs and uh, these kind of com- creatures rather than fighting the combine guys. I feel like, man, it, like Ravenholm is such an awesome environmental example of, like, their... They're abs. It's like Hiroshima. It's like them saying, "All right, you don't fucking do what we say, and you, we will Ravenholm your town." Yeah. Like we will draw. Like 
when you I think before you make it to uh, to the boat in Water Hazard when you go through the small area and they say they're shelling us and the rockets with the head crabs come down yeah mm-hmm. that's where you realize that this these are not this isn't just oppression they are willing to just dis- like Destroy. murder all these people right. or and it wasn't just that like I got this sense from the very first time I played Half-Life 2 that Ravenholm used to be like the resistance area you know yeah, like one that, of the last towns yeah like that was their town and then it was linked to their to this underground lab in Black Mesa East you know and then yeah and then the Combine found out about it and destroyed the whole fucking place which is which is why I have to ask you why do you think Father why do you think he's a, a silly character he's just his his model always looks silly to me like the other characters feel like you know, I, I mean, this is a, a sci-fi story, essentially. You've got all these doctors, MIT graduates. You know, Alex is is kind of a very serious character. All the characters are serious. And then Father Grigori is just this crazy guy. Which, again, makes sense in the context of the game. And this time through, it has been more enjoyable. But, th- yeah, he's always just seemed a little bit off to me. And, like, it's not... It doesn't add anything to the Half-Life kind of... I just feel like it's another Overall human story. aspect where there's this priest that was driven insane by watching his entire See, yeah, that's The thing I mean, is, I, is I don't even necessarily think that he's insane because logically it would make sense why he thinks that because these people aren't dead and so to him their souls aren't right. at rest. I, did, I heard a really good line this time that I've never heard as you're in that um, final fight um, through the, the cemetery when mm-hmm. you're yeah, running at alongside the um, I, I've never noticed it before, but this time, as he when he was fighting the zombies, he said to one of them, uh, "I I I knew your I knew yeah, your I face. Yeah, I remember your true face. Yeah, I remember your true face from before, brother, or something like that." And I was yeah, like, "That's that a pretty fucking good line." A lot. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 he, yeah, and he makes little references about how he knows they can't rest and stuff, yeah. and so he's. And I, and it establishes that that is very much the case because a lot of people just recall that the head crab zombies scream, but one of the things mm-hmm. they scream is "pull it off me." Mm. I, th- I thought they screamed, "Yeah, boy!" <laughs> yeah, they totally. Yeah, boy! It's very, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's a bunch of flavor flames. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's shoot them. It is a little funny when they all catch on fire and scream like the exact same thing with the exact same emotions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, bear pig. <laughs> and they talk about this in the art book is that like one of the things they thought was horrifying is that these are people that are being used by these creatures as yeah. opposed to. I know. I was actually. I was like actually zombies. Yeah. Like they're not zombies. zombies. They're like they are still people who are being controlled by the. Head I was crabs. actually laying in bed thinking about the the actual way that that would work. Like a head crab bites you, and what? Like it causes your genetics to actually change, and like your hands turn into claws but and it controls you but you're still conscious like mm-hmm. i was wondering like to what extent i want someone who created those about to explain to me the <laughs> shit behind it because i'm always into that even if it's a yeah. fake universe thing i mean yeah. they they show i don't i was the testicle monster in the first half-life or was mm-hmm. that like it's they the, show the end of the first half an alpha head crab basically like a queen head crab that is at the end of their life cycle as a head crab as opposed to something that infected someone else and it is like a giant head crab with a single ball. It's a. Like it's, it's a. I just refer to it as the testicle creature. It's one of the <laughs> most fun things to shoot with a gauze rifle in the history of Half Life. Yeah. <laughs> oh. well, uh, yeah, you got You really should. We should have done Half Life, man. Zen, for his first. He's these guys have never seen all of Half Life. I've yeah, I've, I've seen, seen a, like I've seen, seen like four hours like of it. Remembering Half Life is much more fun to me at this point than yeah. playing. There's See, a lot of Zen I could live without. That's I don't know. I mean, but I just I think it's inter. I mean, to me, playing through Zen makes the vo- 
You, like you, you don't know that when you go and talk to the Vortigaunt over and over and over again, when he says, we remember you from the Nihilith's chamber, he's, Nihilith is the, the last boss of, of Half-Life 1, uh-huh. he says, we watched you there, you were fucking jumping around because there was these crazy like bounce pads in the room, and, and you were flying around totally killing him, and man, it was awesome, we know who you are, the Freeman. Dude, That's bro, right. it was sick. What? She was That's totally like Lou Gossett Jr. talking like a skater. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um... But like mean, the it, Freeman. If but if this were if this were a Half Life game club, this would about half of this podcast would be me saying fucking Vortigaunts. <laughs> I mean, I did fight Vortigaunts at least. You know, I played enough to do that, and they were yeah. annoying. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, but they're, they're yeah, no, the the way that they talk to you about the final boss encounter and your like, the way you handled that. it, yeah. you're like, yeah, that's how because you had to in order to fight the last boss, you had to take these crazy bounce pads that like took you high up into this chamber so that you could attack it properly and they're they're like recalling the story like yeah we were there yeah. and we are one you know they're a hive mind sort of thing and uh, what, yeah and it's but, just really cool but going back to like the enemy ai thing again like the, again that um that interview with with Gabe Newell that I read um he's Gabe Newell was like really excited about Larrabee which is the new intel uh gpu cpu thing combination and combination yeah and uh, he, he was talking about it really excitedly because he was saying how it, it frees up resources to do a lot of things that they couldn't do before. And, like, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the way I was reading this, because I was thinking about the enemy I think at the time, was that, like, it seemed to me like maybe in Half-Life 2, what they did is they put all this resources towards the physics, you know, mm-hmm. and towards, the, towards, like, their realistic, you know, materials that they were always demoing, you know, like mattresses float and wood floats. And, and there was like a, lot of, a, a lot of and, he- bet hedging... Uh, in the lead up to the release of Half-Life 2, mm. uh, technologically speaking, like they almost didn't include normal maps and bump maps in the game. And so, so I, so I think that the, uh, I think in Half-Life 2, you know, it's like they, they were focused development-wise, and the game resources in terms of your RAM and your processor mm-hmm. were focused on the physics and stuff. And so, like the, I think part of the AI is there just to make the physics stuff look better. And, and I think the main problem was that, if you, again, if you go back, and this is something that Che, remind, che and Arthur reminded me, is that if you go back and watch that 30-minute presentation from the E3 when they first showed off Half-Life 2, yeah. there's a part in Ravenholm where, again, we know as we play through Ravenholm, there are no Combine soldiers there, but in yeah. this version of Ravenholm, there's a room, which is still in the uh-huh. game, that you can, like, block... They block the doors... There were guards throwing grenades in and like kind of trying to come through, through the door. The door. Like you could put yeah. a table in front of the door, basically, to and they keep would them kick, from and in. they would like try to kick it down or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And th- there's none of that sort of stuff in no. the game at all. Yeah. Then again, the encounters with the combine AI are are, are much better in Episode Two than they are in Half Life Two. And then beyond that, they add the the hunter, which is such a good kind of enemy to fight that. Mm-hmm. Almost all is forgiven by that point. Yeah, but like in in Raven in Ravenholm, I this is this time playing through because um, normally when I'm in Ravenholm, I like all right, point A to point B. Fuck you guys! I'm not gonna even waste my ammo on you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because you can pretty much just run by everything. Yeah, for the most part. And like, uh, but this time I was like, all right, I'm gonna take my time a little bit, and it's it's clearly meant for you to just be having fun with the gravity gun. There's the saw blades everywhere. There's exploding barrels and ex- and. Uh, exploding uh, like gas canisters and stuff all over the place to use and like I just got really into trying to use my gravity gun for everything. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like Ravenholm is set up to start you off feeling powerful mm-hmm. and then to 
to say, look at all these amazing things you can do with the grav gun. This is what you're going to be doing for the rest of the game. And then it's, and then that's followed by an extended chunk where it's like, yeah, you know that grav gun? These are the situations where it is going to not be as much of a help as you thought it was right, going to be. Right, against the fast-moving... Yeah, yes. or, or the parts where I can't even find a fucking cinder block to throw at these things. <laughs> I am firing 8 million paint cans at this thing, and while it is a lovely shade of blue now... That is one thing that has always bugged me about Half-Life 2, is that the paint cans don't hurt things. It's like, have you ever picked up a can of paint? That fucker's heavy. You can it's kill at least someone with those yeah, things. it's at least as damaging as a goddamn cinder block. When I fire a full can of paint at somebody, they should die. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But you know, when, when I played this part, you know, I, I played through using only my grav gun and the uh, crowbar. Achievements. And uh, yeah, and I, I felt it created this really cool tension of yeah. like, oh shit, here comes three zombies down down the hallway. Better I don't have go. anything in front of me. I gotta go look for something, but I know I have time because they're just like lumbering. My <laughs> I feel like it's even like when, slow you, tension. when you're using guns, there's still tension because what you don't realize early on, uh, I think until you get to Ravenholm, is that every time you've met like a zombie, uh, it's been one or two. Yeah. And up until that, this point, you've always like fought a zombie or something, used a bunch of ammo, but it was cool because then you killed Combine because they were useless mm-hmm. and took their ammo. Whereas in this, you realize, oh, that fucking zombie just soaked up 35 rounds of machine gun ammo, and there are six more of them behind that one. What am I going to do? Were you shooting them in the head? Um, I think with the the submachine gun, it doesn't matter if you're aiming at the head, it's still going to yeah, not all get there. Take them out it like hurts. That. Yeah, yeah. It matters. Yeah, it totally I mean, matters. it matters, but you're oh, still going to... Oh, it matters. Gonna, I know, it matters a good little bit. Like, it's only a couple shots with the in the head with MP5. I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to exhaust your machine gun ammo pretty quickly. Dude, it's just five whacks with a crowbar. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> crow, crowbar, like, does and those guys in. Yeah, there. yeah, you, you, can, you can get in and do a two-hit combo before they swing, quickly run back, mm-hmm. sprint forward, two hits, you know, run back. And but then, one, the of, the, one, one yeah. of the best additions, grav gun additions, that I only really noticed in Ravenholm, because it's right the first time you have the grav gun, that isn't in your PC version that you're playing. Mm. That's an episode one, two thing that they, you know, that Half-Life 2 on Xbox 360 gets, is that mm. you can point at a supply crate and press the primary oh, action to, destroy to shoot it. it and it leaves the item sitting right there in yeah. front of you. So, so you're scattering just, them. So you, in, well, before in Half-Life 2 when I played it the first time I'd have to suck up and in throw and against throw the against the wall to break the box but now you can just walk up to it and go bam, bam, bam and all those boxes are broken you can walk yeah. over and grab it. Being able to Jedi a health kit across a room is fun too. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway right you, get, you get to and I actually this time playing through I totally got stuck near the end of, like, right before you go through, to right before the part where you go with uh, Grigori through the graveyard. And you're waiting for the elevator? No, not that part. Just before that. There's a part where you go upstairs, and there's, like, this attic room where you climb up this ladder, and there's totally a door there that doesn't look like you can open it. Yeah. And, like, so I didn't even open it, because, like, if a door doesn't have a handle in Half-Life, it means you can't open it. And it, this the, door... This door does have a handle. It's, like... Yeah, but... but it, it's colored and textured the way that doors that don't have handles right. in the game, that the ones you're not supposed to be able to walk through, this one looks like one of those, basically. Right, and so I was, so like, running around, like, the... I was running around, like, a, this one area of Ravenholm, like, forever, until I, like, finally just tried this door. I was like, fuck, that's right. This totally happened mm-hmm. to me, like, other times that I played this game. And I, I always get... It always gets me. As much as I like Ravenholm, like as a level, as a narrative thing, like as an experience, it, it is another example of, for me, where the level design is not where it is in other parts. Because mm. 
in other parts of the game, there are certain colors that they'll use in levels to sort of denote, oh, well, maybe you should head this way, mm-hmm. that are just used casually in Ravenholm as part of the atmosphere. Like, there's a lot of red in Ravenholm that has nothing to do with where yeah. you're that's going. That, that's I because just, this game has a, so many fucking exploding barrels in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think the game's showing its age, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. since then, this is like, what when was this game made? 2004? That's uh, when it was released, 2004. Yeah. I mean, so it was like, in development for basically but, eight years. Right, so I'm just saying it shows its age, because since then, it's like, even just over the last five years, like, mm-hmm. crazy lengths of, like, making usability so much more friendly have yeah. been made. I don't know. I, I think that there, there were t- the the two. It's ironic to me that Half Life Two and Halo Two basically came out within a week or so of each other, hmm. because they were pretty much the two shooters that, like design wise and combat wise, are about as separate as as shooters get. And they were sh- sort of showing like, and and it's weird that Halo Two is the direction that most shooters went, as opposed to the Half Life Two direction. Yeah, I mean Halo Two, you don't have to worry about things like finding the right door that opens or anything like that. There's like none of that, which is not a bad thing it's, by any means. Well, Halo games are much more wide open. Even even Halo Two, which is essentially much more of a corridor shooter than any of the other Halos. I mean, it's still like when you're going through a corridor, it's a fucking fat corridor, and there's only two ways: the way you came and the way you're going now. The way you're killing. Um. <laughs> The I get yeah I do want to just one more thing yeah the combat again Shay I'm gonna give you give it up for for you here because the combat at the beginning is so heavy on exploding barrels everywhere it just feels kind of cheap and lame and I definitely I think that part of it has shown its age even then I feel like the I mean. In There's the a lot of it that's Donkey Kong-ish puzzles where they're like dropping stuff down on you, and it's like, hey, can you hide from the exploding barrels? Cool, good luck. But still, I mean, as long as we don't need red exploding I'm, barrels I'm okay anymore. I'm with you, you making and saying all that. That's not good as long as you're not saying because Perfect Dark did it good. <laughs> Perfect Dark did no, not. No, not. That was a game I convinced Arthur to buy, and then I would just wanted to be like, that was a game I played at zero hour actually, and just. Could not You're at zero hour. Yeah. I was there too. High five. The uh, High five. I have the. Do you have the achievement? Uh, I don't think I got it because I didn't have. I was. Do you have the zero hour faceplate? No. I, uh, faceplate. There's a yeah, you came home with yeah. a faceplate. I remember. I might have faceplate. No, they didn't. They didn't send. Well, they. I mean, they sent a few people home faceplates. I had to wait for mine in the mail. I'm pretty sure Ryan came home. With all I know is that. Uh, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, Perfect Dark Zero. <laughs> That's how quickly you forget game, about Perfect Dark. That game had really good graphics, and the multiplayer is is interesting, even though the characters are like colored slime green when you're playing it. It is one of the ugliest. It is the worst art direction of. Many many games. I mean, it's it's got really pretty textures and lighting though. At the time, I mean, any any game sh- where where you have to st- sit there and wait for a blue arrow to appear on the ground to tell so you where you, you need to go. go. And yeah, I miss um, jumping in any yeah. first person game that doesn't have it. As dumb as it seems, like defeated by a three inch incline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the uh, uh, I've actually like for me in in, in Half Life the enemies. I kind of enjoy the shooting gallery nature of it. You know, it's like the, this first part of the game that we've been talking about, like, I've been conscious of it too. I've been like, man, this these enemies are not as fun as, like, I remember. Like, I think I was, like, so enamored with the world that I was, like, kind of overlooking some yeah, of the bad that's enemies. that's how I feel too, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you know what? That's right. That guy's going to rappel down right in front of my airboat, and I'm going to fucking run him over. And I'm going to say this awesome. right now. The me from February is st- standing over here with his arms crossed across his chest, yeah. staring at the two of you saying yeah. these things. Well, Angrily. There you go. Yep. 
Well, you were right, Arthur. Do you feel uh, do you feel vindicated? Do you feel superior now? No. <laughs> I still have people give me shit about that. The thing is, the thing stuff. is, though, that in the grand scheme of things, my even though that I'm I'm willing to give it up and say that yeah, there's there's parts of the combat that aren't the best. I maintain that shooting the guns to me feels fun. I still mm-hmm. love the weapons in this game, I, even well, if that's, they do. That's why I'm saying I like weird. the shooting gallery nature yeah. of it because it's like. You know the 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 Half Life shotgun is like a great shotgun. It's, it's a fucking great shotgun. Yeah. You know, it's like I can I can shoot guys like across the room. It has a really tight spread. It has a cool sound. The Magnum. Yeah, you know, the Magnum even is the awesome. even the MP5. While not as good as the MP5 from Half Life One with the mm-hmm. uh, with the grenade attachment. I mean, this one has it too. But it, there's just something about that first Half Life One MP5. That the was last magic. big PC shooter where you had this many weapons at the same time. Too, yeah, they dropped that. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's like, that's like the recharging health and two weapon mechanic is like the Halo mechanic. Yeah, I mean, on consoles it just doesn't make as much sense because there you don't have a num a number keys yep. to quickly switch. I actually and, or mouse I wheel. like selecting weapons in Half Life Two on console way better than I do oh, on see, PC. See, I was gonna say like one of the things that I felt was the biggest detriment in, t- in sort of in terms of pointing Half-Life 2 out as no longer being a modern shooter was the weapon selection on the D-pad. Mm. You know, the way you have to like scroll to it is like, you know, I love using the shotgun and I love using that the combine heavy machine gun, mm-hmm. but like, you know, just knowing like okay, hit twice or hit three times to scroll like it just felt a little kind of arcade. I mean, or, it's a better solution but, for that many guns. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think it's, yeah, PC, it's, pretty, like, it's just like no other there aren't that many games that got to make that that Mechanic standard, like mm-hmm. if it if if there are a lot of games where you had to remember, okay, three clicks left is this weapon, and two two clicks right is this other one, then maybe we would got good yeah, would have gotten used to uh, it. What I don't understand though is why more people haven't done a a circle flyout menu. Yeah, because like in in Counter Strike uh, on on the Xbox version of Counter Strike, they they didn't do it like in game, but while you were buying shit. Like you could, rosette. yeah, you could hold in triggers. It would bring up the rosette, and you could flip the things. So, like, because mm-hmm. buying shit in like that ten seconds before the map starts or whatever was pretty critical to Counter Strike. So they got that menu down pat, and I was like, man, this menu is fucking sweet, and it works so well. Like, I could totally use this for all kinds of stuff in gaming, and nobody is nobody. I mean, it's like nobody. Yeah, Bioshock did it. Resistance, both Resistance. I played. I played. I played Bioshock on PC. Chronicles of Riddick. It, I was um, going to say that yeah. there are games that use the rosette, and when they use it, it's great. It would have been. It seems like a natural. Of course, you can't really. In most of the cases, when you're using one, you can't move and select weapons at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's not like you can move and select weapons when you're tapping on the D-pad either. Using the same thumb, you'd be using right. to move. So, yeah, I, I would prefer selecting yeah. from a rosette. I, again, I just think that so few games have that many weapons in them at this sure, point. Yeah. But, Which, or they, it's not that they don't have that many weapons; it's that you don't carry that. Yeah, right. exactly. Like your inventory is not that pronounced, right. gotcha. and that's that's one of the things that makes Half Life Two as the kind of last of these sort of PC shooters. It makes it interesting because you do at at the end of the game once you've acquired all the all the tools, all the weapons, you have a bunch of different options, and you you have the opportunity to say, okay, well, I'm going to use the Magnum for this section because the enemies. Uh, you know these are good enemies to shoot. I'm so the mad at them though, because the Magnum is always felt like stymied to me by the minimal amount of ammo you can ever carry for it. You can always carry a minimal amount of ammo, but I've noticed this time because I haven't been using it as much that there, there, I'm I'm leaving ammo behind this way and that, and I think that it's because the crates are. Dy- I thought they were dynamic and gave you what you needed. You know when you uh, you you hit a supply crate and it gives you what is 
what you're lacking at the time, right? So if you need health, it gives you health. If you need uh, machine gun ammo, it gives you that. Well, there are times when you're full, it just gives you whatever it gives you. Yeah. And I've been leaving leaving behind a lot of Magnum ammo this this game. So uh, we should talk a little bit about the stuff that they, they add in Ravenholm because they sort of take the the head crab zombie thing and throw it on its head in a couple of different ways, which is uh, first you meet the, the black head crabs. Mm-hmm. Which you learn to fear. The scariest enemy in a game. Yeah. It's all because of the that sound effect, the fact mm-hmm. that your screen flashes yellow it's and like, it takes you down to one Who's health. playing someday amigo in Ravenholm? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it takes you it takes you down to it takes you down to one health. Yeah. And, but then your health comes back. So it's they're they're not lethal by any means, but at the same time, like they what hits you next can kill you. Right, exactly. all it takes and, is a head crab. And I think yeah. if they hit you and something else hits you before your health recharges all the way, it just stops recharging. Oh, so, like you, so you got two hits. Yeah. Basically. I, um, I just think they're... What a great idea, because it's just a, a play on the normal head crab, and it's the scariest fucking... They leap further. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. they're the scariest... And they're me, anyway, they're the scariest thing in the entire game. They're fucking yeah. enormous. And they can never, yeah. they can they never kill you. Yeah. They can't kill you. Um, and then you, like, I didn't even think about it. Like, it didn't even occur to me that, oh, well, what does this come from? And then you meet the, <laughs> you meet the blackhead the crab yeah. zombies, which yeah. are, like, horrifying and pathetic all at the same time. <laughs> like, the dude that's basically covered in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. been, I've been, it's been very easy to shotgun them this time. For some reason, I've been not having any problems killing the, uh, the zombie the black head crab zombies with that are just infested by the black head crabs. I didn't, throw those things so far. I didn't know. <laughs> they, I didn't know they ran out of the crabs. Yes. Oh yeah. They do eventually. They have run a out. finite number of crabs. On the ones that are on their body, I think four, something yeah. like that, three, four. In the, the section man, where you meet the the head crab zombies too, like that's an annoying environmental puzzle that I that I've always forget. There's a there's a part where you have to like. Uh, well, I'm thinking of a main arena in Ravenholm where you have to kind of jump on top of a building and then go across some wooden planks, yes. and then you have to have hit the switch in the other room that brings <laughs> the little like yeah. tram over so that you can make the next jump. I always, every time I replay this game, I always forget to pull the fucking switch. And I, right I mean, eventually the zombies in that point will stop coming. Yes, but not for a long yeah. There's a long time. Yeah, you like waste all of your ammo before they stop. There is a, much. but there are admittedly there are a lot of again exploding barrels in that room. Yes. There's a lot of things that are kind of set up that you can play with, and I do like how the one like Father Gregory chat with the trap with the spinning blade breaks. You're like, I'm going to use that. You turn it on, and it breaks two yeah. seconds later. You're like, Fuck. but you can use that giant blade yeah, to go. You can, <laughs> which is kind of awkward, but but it cool. works. It's heavy um, and it slices through many things. What's the most <laughs> zombies you've cut through with one saw blade? Uh, I don't know, probably four. Oh, I've done more than that. No, there's that one. Exactly there's that one room where there's seriously like six of them that you can get all coming down the hallway. Yeah. You can get them all in one shot. I've done it. I would say at least six. And if yeah. I had to throw caution in the wind, I'd say between eight and ten is my max. But I, I don't Jesus know. Christ! Yeah. Well, when you um, play this game like a bunch of times, you you try to do things like how many? How many? Can I I'm on. This is like my fifth playthrough of Half yeah. Life Two. Right. Um, and then they introduce the fast zombies, which are great. They're, they're like the perfect shotgun enemy. You know, and that's that I find love. them to be the perfect Magnum enemy. Oh well, that too. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I always 
um, use the magnum because it's a one-shot headshot kill yeah. on the on those enemies, and especially the part where you're waiting for Father Grigori to send the tram over, and they're climbing up the side of that building. I broke and that the, part. Magnum. In previous playthroughs, I've always just pulled out my magnum and shot him in the head because it's mm-hmm. a one-shot head uh, headshot, one-shot kill for a headshot. And uh, this time, I was using the shotgun in that section. Again, I'm playing on hard. And same thing. It was one shot kill, one shot kill headshots with the shotgun. Even on the normal attack, I didn't have to use the secondary double fire attack. I fell off. And the I was building. like, I fell off too. Mm-hmm. You can get back on. Yeah, but yeah. if you fall off the building and then come back up, it basically it for me it broke some of the scripting for the uh, the fast zombies. Oh, oh really? And I got I had precisely one come oh. up wow. the side of the building. Oh, nice. Easy mode. Since I was, you know, going through all me- uh, with my melee attacks, I I, I would just stand <laughs> over the grate that they were climbing up because you could see it. Down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you could start hitting them before they even get up. Yeah. So I'm just picturing Gordon Freeman like pounding these things in the head. Yeah, I mean, I would literally kill them before they would even attack me. And I mean, they're so iconic, but the funny thing is is that they weren't even originally like part of the design. That they were... They were the result of leftover AI from an enemy that got cut, which are uh, a combine version of the ninja chicks from Half Life One. Oh, interesting. I like those ninja chicks. Like, have, if you, I think the uh, the Half Life Two gun game in Japan actually has those assassin, oh, really? female assassin models. Like, they're definitely like combine with boobs in that game because gotcha. it's in Japan, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but it, I just thought that was interesting. Like, it's interesting seeing, like, the stuff that turns into other stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is um, why everyone should get the art book, if you can find a PDF. It's one of two art books I own. Or maybe maybe they actually sell it at the Valve store. Anyway, I have it. Um, if you come over, if you can find me, I'll uh, let you look at mine. <laughs> just kidding. Don't find me. Yeah, let's say you gotta be careful. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we should probably... Uh, Wrap a dupe? Yeah, we're, this is the longer one, so that's yeah. fine. But it's Are, are we gonna game. finish Half-Life for next week? Yes. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Crazy. You don't want to say, like, uh, play up to the Citadel and then finish the Citadel in episode one? Well, it's not like any of our first-time playthroughs. So. I'm not ours. But audience. Yeah. I'm thinking of the audience. <laughs> but I don't know. We're entering the busy I'll, game all season. All I know is that I think, I mean, I could be crazy, but I think I like episode one better than Half-Life 2, and I know that episode two is the one that everyone's supposed to like better, but... Um, I have a lot to say about episode one. I yeah, feel let's like just, let's just uh, let's just finish. All right, let's do it. All right, but I understand your your sentiment because then you're you're breaking in and then breaking back out and then breaking back in again all at once. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like we should see the ending of the game. Let the G Man do his thing and. Yeah. So we'll finish for the next episode. So Word. all the way all the way through to the end of the game. Uh, end of Half Life two. Two. Yes. We not, not the episodes. We oh. didn't talk one bit about Gord about G-Man sightings. I oh, was going to mention that. But yeah, um, I, I saw a good one this time that I never saw. Which one was that? And I think in either Water Hazard of the Canals, some spot. I don't know, just some random spot where I looked up and I was like, "Ah, you're right there!" Like standing he's all he's watching you, yeah. which is really fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I the one that that you'll almost always miss unless you know to look for it is the uh, the first time you meet a Vortigaunt. Mm-hmm. Like and he charges you up and he's like playing chess or whatever with his friend in the red box car. The yeah, Vortigaunt yeah, yeah, is, is zapping the TV and if you look, the G Man's face is on there. On the for TV, a second. Yeah. yeah. There's another. Uh, he's he's in the if, when you first make it to Steiner's lab. 
on one of the screens. I think he shows up there as well. Oh, shit. And uh, the one I saw was him in person, not him on a screen. Yeah, I saw him in person when you were during the boat part. Yeah, yeah it was water hazard. Like, he's just standing up on a platform or yeah, something. Yeah, above you, waiting for you to come down. He has a briefcase and he just walks away. It might be the part, up, um, the part where... Uh, it's right near the beginning of Water Hazard, where you kind of have to get off, get off your boat, and kind of clear out that one cement area. Cement area. You go all the way to the end. It's there's. I think of it as the grenade spot because there's like at least three full grenade. You know, get as many grenades as you want boxes inside. Oh, the grenade training ground. Yes, mm-hmm. the grenade training ground, um, and you. Which is a fun a fun place for me. I always like sequence breaking that spot because you, you, you the way it's supposed to work is you get off your airboat, you go up, you kind of work your way through this like shop, you come out the other side, you're outdoors for a while, you walk all the way to the end, you make it down where you're supposed to press the button, but the button is sizzling because it's broken, and you like look over and there's an exploding barrel that you shoot and it breaks this kind of pendulum thing down that breaks through the door. Well... You can shoot that exploding barrel from very, very far away if you have a clean shot. And so you just can stand all the way back. Yeah, from if you just kind of stand back and look for red in the distance, you can pistol shoot it until it explodes and walk right through. That is dirty as hell. (laughs) So I think next time we'll actually be talking more about the narrative of the game and more about specific levels, whereas... The first half of Half Life is sort of it's like not training. Very narratively driven. It's it's basically training. It's atmosphere and I mean, training for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. We covered the important narrative part, which is that you meet the people in the lab, and then you mm-hmm. go to Ravenholm. It's like very little yeah. narrative whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. It picks up as the game progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part of the game is my favorite part, probably of all of Half Life. The coast. Yes, I love the coast. So, so a new a new little wrap up thing that I've agreed to do with people is that. Uh, We've we've decided to encourage people to go visit the other people that are also Hammerset partners with us, which means oh. which means that uh, the Geekbox will also be doing this. But yes, you guys should go to thegeekbox.net and go check out the Geekbox as well as bitmob.com. Nice. Um, there won't be a podcast next week because I'll be busy packing things <laughs> out of this fucking bullshit apartment. <laughs> nah, I mean they're gonna do it for us too. So you know we're all partners, so we're gonna help each other out. The whole Geekbox AIDS thing is funny, but it is, it is obviously just us joking around. So, um, are Geekbox we? Geekbox AIDS. Yeah. Um, Jokes. And so, uh, yeah. And then, most importantly, above and beyond going to check out Geekbox or Bitmob or uh, even Rebel FM, is that you should go check out uh, Co-op at Area Five. <laughs> dot Wait, above Area Five oh, TV. It's okay. That is actually more important than listening to this podcast. No, Area Five. If you've listened to us talk about Half Life and you enjoyed it, then go to Area Five TV and uh, download our latest episode where we talk about Dreamcast. Yeah. Can you talk about the lost Dreamcast version of Half Life? Uh, it never comes up, but. For um, shame. I, I did have a strategy guide for the Dreamcast. Exactly. That, I remember fucking seeing that strategy guide and going, when is this game coming out? <laughs> and there, you know, it's it's out there. There, there was supposed to find it on the internet. There was supposed to, to be a Dreamcast version of my favorite game of all time as well, and it never came out. What's your favorite game of all time? Outcast. Oh. I was also supposed to get Yeah, no, see, <laughs> Half-Life on Dreamcast <laughs> was finished. Yeah, it's, it, it was done. It is complete. They, there are reviews of Half-Life for Dreamcast. Yeah, well, this was a game that was being worked on, but it got canceled. I got you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see you all uh, next week. Play Half-Life. Love it. Love it.
Do you guys ever yeah, do you go. guys answer for Gordon Freeman when 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 people tell you things? They're like, geez, Gordon. And you're like I'm really glad you got here as soon as you did. I know I really got into the game and stared blank facedly. Um, you, 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 no, it, it was that character. It was funny because like you I consider Eugenia. a role playing experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Eugenia was around like yesterday when I was playing the game and I was totally talking back to this. Oh, screen. I always talk back. And, and I was I talking back like partially for her benefit just because I knew it would be funny. Anyone else play on Half Life Two RP server? <laughs> I think everyone's pretty good. Don't, I wait, let's, don't know how you let's are. Let's redo that because there's oh, okay. no way this I'm going like the whole time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, oh, this is what you want. Conversation we're having. On. So like, fine. Like, stroke my hef suit. I mean, it's good. You're, that's picking up good for you. Right, what, what do you. Yes. For a retard. Ha, there are things to say about others. Things. Buzz, 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 buzz. Hey, buzz, 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 buzz. And the buzz, buzz. Buzz, 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 my favorite Gordon Freeman moment <laughs> Gordon. is the time when Gordon. he didn't say anything. Gordon. Before. Gordon. Is that you with the high-pitched things? Gordon. Hello, hello, hello. I must Peekin. get very close to make a peek. Gordon. Okay. Gordon. Oh, my God. Gordon. Dude, you guys, I'm totally peeking right now. <laughs> Gordon. Gordon. Oh, man. Gordon. Gordon. 